Welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Now, on this episode, we're going to explore the extremely timely and relevant topic of telehealth and how to deliver these solutions effectively and efficiently. So joining me here on the podcast today is Andrew Lampkin. He is the product manager at Intel. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us today. And we're also thrilled to be joined today here on the podcast by Wendy Bonner. She's a healthcare solutions architect at Intel. Wendy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So like I mentioned, we are talking telehealth today. So Wendy, let's kick things off here with this question. How would you define what telehealth is and the impact you're seeing it have on the healthcare space right now? So I define telehealth as the distribution of health-related services and information via electronic telecommunication technologies. In short, telehealth is the remote delivery of healthcare. The impact that telehealth is having is quite widespread. We are seeing remote patient and clinician interactions across many areas of healthcare, from the home with virtual consults and remote procedures to the hospital where we have virtual intensive care units. Yeah, I think it's been I think it's been fascinating to watch telehealth grow from sort of an emerging area in healthcare to just really the way things are done, right? Mm. It's a, it's been it's been amazing to see that emerge. So, Andrew, how would you describe maybe some of that growth that you've seen over the last two years or so, right? Uh, it, it feels like telehealth went from something that was a, a nice trend that was kind of going in an upward trajectory, perhaps, to something that absolutely exploded due to pandemic and social distancing concerns. Yeah, and in, 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 in that kind of world, right, where proximity becomes actual health risk, uh, it's, it's really interesting how things change. It, it's been interesting to observe how the capabilities of telehealth are are, are Finding their ways into different areas, so mm. uh, you have you have kind of the the base capabilities of audio, video, data transmission, but then you're you're starting to find those into even how medical devices are operated, right? How do you get expert help with that medical device in a hospital when you can't bring somebody in? One of the ways that we're interested to see and accelerate things too is getting getting some of those new audiences that haven't and new, and developers that haven't necessarily been expert in that area before. Mm-hmm. Going quickly, you know, uh, and reducing the, the barriers to getting started, really. From my perspective, we had been promoting telehealth for many years, and it really took the pandemic for that to be brought into the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good point, Wendy. Yeah, absolutely. Wendy, speaking of, you know, you heard Andrew talk about some of the different ways that, that telehealth has grown and that sort of thing. Can you share some of the use cases for, for telehealth and maybe tell us a little bit more about how you've seen these use cases expand since the beginning of the pandemic? We've seen growing adoption across the traditional health telehealth use cases like virtual visits and teleconsultation, remote patient monitoring. And, you know, as we kind of touched on earlier, it's telehealth is being seen as the new normal. Mm-hmm. And a really nice result of that is that it's um, it's reducing the cost of care. I have a statistic here. The uh, American Medical Association says telehealth can replace almost 75% of 
costly in-person visits to doctors, urgent care clinics, and emergency rooms. And so now as remote care is growing, hospitals are operating largely as an acute care or step-down level. And more and more of those hospital procedures are moving to the home. And here, it's not just um, you know the typical type of telehealth that we're seeing, but now we're seeing telehealth like hospital at home is that it's what this new trend is is being labeled at where where hospital procedures are moving to the home we're seeing uh, procedures diagnostics performed there and it can be a way to provide high quality safe care for well especially now older adults in their homes yeah that's a that's a really interesting point right um i, I read from Medicare, essentially, that in the United States specific, but I, I think the the number was something around, you know, we're we're spending double what other developed countries do, and the life expectancy is still five years lower. And so a lot of that seems to come down to to health disparities, right? Not really being able to deliver access to care sometimes, and that's where telehealth, I think, really becomes interesting, right? If you if you start to be able to to, to sort of democratize access to specialists and the type of care that people need wherever they need it it's it's really really interesting for you know the global health and well-being so yeah that's a good point one of the uh, early adopters here at this hospital at home is Intermountain Healthcare and they cover a lot of territory in um, Utah so they're using telehealth to expand you know their reach and broaden the services that they can provide you know even if they're not in Salt Lake City so yeah, it's really exciting. It's not just providing the access to, but patients and doctors are liking it. I mean, there's I'm looking at one statistic right now that's you know 86 percent of patients in this particular survey said easier to get the care they need. Clinicians, you know, satisfactory method of follow up care. So it's it's really a good fit. It's it, it appears anyway. Well, there's something to be said, right, for people becoming more comfortable with the video conferencing technology. I think pre-pandemic, people thought, what is this and how do I use this? But now it's become pretty ubiquitous, right? Everyone has been on a Zoom call just about over the past year. And so everyone, I think, has has started to feel a little bit more more comfortable with this as a, a way of communicating with one another and with staying in touch. Whereas before, it maybe, maybe felt a little too inauthentic to be on a video conference call with a doctor, with a healthcare provider. Probably now you you have gotten used to it enough that it, it's it's not such a strange thing. It's not a weird thing for you to do anymore. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even taking community meetings right over Zoom calls is uh, just mm-hmm. how how things are done. So yeah, normalization there is is great. So Andrew, let's talk a little bit about the infrastructure that that supports telehealth. Can you dive into that for us and give us an uh, an understanding of how telehealth is supported and being delivered? Yeah, I mean, starting with sort of the, let's start with sort of telehealth as essentially facilitating visits and access, right? I mean, I think the the best way to achieve global reach there, you see a lot of cloud-hosted services, right? You see a lot of carefully planned networks, you know, between, you know, getting access through the hospital to the cloud, punching, you know, punching the, the right kinds of, you know, connections through firewalls, all this kind of thing. But there's always a few characteristics that are they're common, right? There's always a need for at least in, in these these kinds of visits, right? Synchronicity, some audio, timely audio video data. Those are kind of like the core capabilities that we're talking about delivering. And the scenarios where telehealth is being deployed in and and we know are important from the last couple of years here, 
that starts to change a little bit. Sometimes you don't have a careful period to, to, to prepare, right? There's there's a need to, de- to deliver telehealth capabilities into devices themselves on sites that may or may not have internet connectivity even, right? And in ways mm-hmm. that are resilient and and scale well. So I think some of these non-traditional infrastructure elements is is uh, you know a large reason why we wanted to to take a look at this area really and see what could move things forward here and how do you really give somebody that that capability to stand up something that's ad hoc to meet the needs in the moment and you know to, to deploy telehealth kinds of capabilities within a hospital to support virtual rounding I mean Wendy, you were talking about some of the expanded use cases. It, it's really fascinating what you can apply that the core technology is here to to achieve. So it's a changing world and and delivering these kinds of capabilities, nicely packaged, scalable, right, efficient, right out of the box can help move it forward. Yeah, it's it's great to see all the innovation happening too. The more that the technology becomes familiar, the more we see it being built upon and expanded and having things, um, you know, chained together, kind of how we see the internet of things. Eventually all these devices are going to talk to each other and, you know, then you're going to have an even better solution. Absolutely. So, you know, we've, we've been talking about the various ways that, that telehealth has grown and, uh, and how it has gotten to this point. And I think like all things that are worth doing, there's going to be challenges involved and hurdles that are going to have to be overcome for telehealth to continue to move forward. So, Wendy, tell us a little bit more about some of the challenges that are associated with, with telehealth that need to be carefully navigated here as we move forward. Well, one of the challenges, and it is sort of a new mode of patient care and is recognizing visual clues that you might not pick up on because you're worried about how you might look to the patient. (laughs) So we can, you know, we can use data analytics in that situation where we can apply that to the video and spot abnormalities and flag inconsistencies in the the behavior of the patients. Mm. And I have a recent example of this, and it's actually tied to health at home. Wakayama Medical University Hospital in Japan, their solution analyzes computer vision and it uses two-dimensional models of human posture estimation. And it uses that to determine when they're doing something that will affect how a home procedure is being operated. And so then that allows a notification. You go to a doctor and the doctor can step in and adjust what's happening so that the procedure comes out, you know, correctly, where you get the input back that matches something that would actually happen if the do- if the patient was in an office and you know could be talked to directly. So that's that's one way. The other thing that I think we really need to think about, you know, because you ask, what do we need to be really careful about? And this is that there are many challenges to the clinician's workflows. And when we add new telehealth solutions to their workflow, we need to be really careful not to add more friction to how their their tasks are accomplished. We can't have a lot of silo, silo, silo. These things need to be connected together and carefully integrated so that they can do their job and be focused on the patient, deliver really patient-centered care. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great point. Um, it really comes down to what 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 should technology, what role should technology be playing in in helping clinicians scale their skills, right? And 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 what in their short amount of time that they have per patient, right? How can they make that absolute quality 
and as 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 relevant as possible. So, helping technology play a, play a role that in in the frameworks that are supporting the delivery of telehealth, right? You know, giving them a good place to hook in, and you know, help that, you know, augment the right place in the workflow for the right you know help needed is is really is really interesting. So, another yeah. another thing about the clinicians having this technology aiding them with their day-to-day tasks is that some of the things that they were doing were really um, kind of below their level of skill. And so telehealth is now raising up, you know, their the level that they can operate at. You can have the specialists talking to, you know, the patients that need it. They can spread their skills around and you can have you know, nurses that used to have to go in and take measurements of vital signs, you know, they, that can be done automatically and then they can be spending more time with the patient. So it's, it's really exciting. Wendy, are there any concerns around security and uh, the security of telehealth, but also uh, records and, and things along those lines? I, I'm guessing that security is a big topic of conversation ac- across the world of healthcare. Does that enter into the, the telehealth conversation as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, security is one of our big delivery uh, mandates, I guess, is what I would say it is, you know, reliability, security, scalability, that I mean, that has to be throughout any solution that uh, that we offer. And so. So, yes, security is is huge. We with, you know, something like 5G or local networks, we can provide better conduct, you know, connectivity that is more secure or helps with security. There's many ways that, you know, we can add encryption. We can add encryption at the edge where where things are being processed in memory. We can now encrypt that. So there, there's a lot that we are doing to ramp up that level of security. So, Andrew, we've talked about some of the the challenges and uh, and some of the, the things that need to be navigated when it comes to telehealth. Give us an overview of Intel's suite of hardware and software tools and how they can really help take on these challenges and provide some solutions. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. So much of this starts with software. I think that's one of the main motivations here was making sure that we had the array of software head starts that Intel has out there put together in a ready-to-use form that's right for getting started quickly with telehealth. Um, so we have suite of capabilities under one API. Part, part of, most relevant for telehealth probably is sort of a, a base at a sort of a base level. The video processing libraries, super, super efficient for for encode, decode, transcode, a lot of the different uh, you know, streaming operations that are just you know, sort of par for the course for a lot of the telehealth capabilities. You know, that's there. It's it's available, but again, you know, we wanted to take that and make it ready, nearly out of the box to go, so that you you can get hands on quickly with a telehealth like capability. You can actually see the efficiency, you can measure it, you can prototype use cases with it. That's ready to go. The other the other characteristic that we just just talked about in this kind of security and AI discussion, kind of the the data analytics, having Intel sort of AI ready and AI inference capabilities packed in with the right hooks in there already. Kind of uh, with OpenVINO, we we can deliver sort of the most efficient, you know, AI inferencing capabilities right there where all the streams are coming together, whether they be on time series data measurements, whether it's audio, whether it's video, you know, getting the kinds of the kinds of analytics we want to be running at the performance level we want them to be at, key technology in, in delivering that. And there's also there's also a, a just because of the sheer number and 
variety of endpoints, call them right in, in, in telehealth, there's, you might be hosting somebody on a laptop or a mobile phone, you know, you might be a desktop PC, it could be anything in between, right? There's just, you know, depending on the use case, there's a, just a wide you know, variety of platforms at the front end. And we see a lot of compatibility needs come out of that and a lot of use of WebRTC, for example, web applications. So getting getting the you know a, a modern approach to WebRTC out there in the form of uh, the Intel WebRTC toolkit, you know, already ready to go with DLStream or OpenVINO and video analytics serving is really important. If you're building from zero or just trying it out, hopefully a good head start there. If you're looking at uh, adding to an existing product or platform, you know, again, it's it's packaged. It can be packaged and you know containerized, deployed on top of modern infrastructure like Kubernetes. And you know, if you're looking at what are your next generation features that you're going to deliver as part of a, a telehealth software platform already, it can be a, a, a big boost here. So excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. So Wendy, you heard Andrew kind of walking through some of these solutions. And we've also talked about some of the use cases for telehealth and how they've grown over the past two years. How will these solutions really allow telehealth to continue to grow and aid in the healthcare of specifically an aging population as we see here in the United States? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a uh... As populations are growing older in the United States, really across across the globe, chronic conditions go up as well. And there's an increasing need then for high touch care, and that's super expensive. And you know, so we use analytics to identify who needs that high care, high touch care. And then telehealth, you know, along with remote monitoring, uh, health at home, all these technology methods. We're managing, you know, they're they're the key tools in managing chronic conditions, and and the benefit of it as well, you know, as well as it being you know useful for the clinicians to you know to be able to have more time monitoring their patients, but then the patients themselves they have the benefit of being able to stay in their homes and you know being in their homes around surrounded by their community and their family. That's where the quality of life is the best. And so that also helps them, you know, manage that, you know, these high occurrence of chronic disease. So we, we see a lot of hope for it. Absolutely. So do you have any final thoughts, any conclusions, anything you want to leave our audience with or uh, any calls to action for our audience here today if they want to learn more, if they want to reach out, anything along those lines? So let me turn it over to you for just any final thoughts, anything you want to leave our listeners with here today. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'll uh, I'll start. I'm sure Andrew has something to add too. But I, I, you know, I feel like with all these challenges that the healthcare industry is facing with the older populations and scarce resources and the amount of data being generated too. Um, healthcare providers need to take advantage of technologies. Don't don't be don't have it take a pandemic to, to take advantage of technologies because we can help with making, you know, despite the challenges, help with making patient, you know, helping patients stay healthy. So Telehealth infused with artificial intelligence can help analyze, screen, and diagnose patient conditions. And, you know, and just as importantly, patient care can be delivered, you know, efficiently and effectively with remote care technologies. So mm-hmm. take what, what I would say, my call to action is to take a look at our Intel telemedicine site online and just do a quick search and you should be able to find a lot um, 
a lot of extra information on this. If you're interested, the, the Intel developer catalog up uh, online right now, it's a quick search away. If you, if you go on the catalog there, you search telehealth. The first result that comes up there will be the telehealth remote monitoring reference implementation that we we just released. Click into that. There's a how-to guide. There's a getting started. You know, kind of run through. There's a there's link to the links to the actual code. You can get up and running pretty quickly. Really want to invite feedback too. You know, this is something that's gonna we're gonna involve. Uh, there's a there's a base set of capabilities in there right now, but we we'd love to hear back from you. What improvements? What features you'd like to see? And would love to be in contact. We'd love to hear that. You can message me on LinkedIn. And yeah, thanks for having us on here. Absolutely. You can reach out to both Wendy and Andrew on LinkedIn to learn more, to talk about uh, improving telehealth, all of these various things. And of course, we'll include that link to the telehealth remote monitoring reference implementation in the description as well. So if you want to go click on that there in the uh, in, in the description, you can go find those materials that Andrew was talking about as well. And so Andrew Lampkin, Wendy Bonner, it's been a pleasure having you on the, the podcast here today. Thank you both so much for, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for joining us for this episode of Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things group. It's been a blast having you all with us for this episode. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the show where we'll continue to dive into topics like this one. But for this episode today, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye.